Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Fish Across the Pond, a Miami Marlins UK baseball podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt, and joining me this week, the boys, the boys are back in the two-hole. Lee Dobbs. Lee, how are you? Yeah, I'm all good, yeah. Good man. It's good to be back. Yeah, well, exactly. It's been three weeks. Um, Too long. Speaking of... Speaking of threes in the three hole, Dan Healy. Dan, how are you, buddy? I'm very well, Pete. All refreshed and ready to go. Good man. Good man. You're looking. You're looking fresh, actually. You're looking good. Cheers. Um, and in his rightful spot, the cleanup spot, the spot that was designed for this man, this man only. It's Rob Newell. Rob, how are you? And how was that palm tree? Uh, yeah, a lovely two weeks on the Portuguese island of Madeira. Uh, you're ready to hit a grand slam into the uh, Budweiser Terrace. <laughs> I like it, mate. Um, and, and just just remind us, what was the name of this beer that you were drinking that was a Madeiran beer? It was Coral. And it was Coral Stout. Was the, was the, yeah, I had a lot of, a lot of that. <laughs> their, their sales rocketed in the fortnight I was there. And it was an all-inclusive hotel as well, one, Ed, so somehow you... Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say as well, just in the very short time that Rob brought this up, uh, he's admitted that he's following them on Twitter and Pete is uh, already ordering his first crate from Madeira. So uh, let's say something about this podcast, isn't it? That was it. It's free postage and packaging, it told me, on the, uh, on the Madeira <laughs> Coral website, so... Happy days. Hey, we love we love an early segue. Boys, it's great to be back. Three weeks since we last recorded, so it's been time. Luckily, while you boys were, were all sunning yourselves, drinking local beers, um, Danny Martinez managed to, to, to kind of hold, hold it down for everyone. Um, I, I thought he did an awesome job, and uh, it'd be great to have him back on. So, Danny, again, appreciate you last week. Um, please come back on back end of the season. Be great to get your your views on on what the the future holds for the Marlins. But guys, we have got a ton of content to get through. Naturally, so much has happened since we last spoke, which, like I said, was three weeks ago. Um, the the predictions table has been updated, which took me an hour to do with all the predictions that we've that we've missed and that we've that we've put through since. So we'll get into that, but. I think I want to start it off, guys. I, I think we need some, whether it's a hot take or a snap reaction, we need some feedback on these players' weekend jerseys. And there is no better man to give feedback on jerseys than Dan the Man. Dan, for you, out, and we got to play in the white ones, and we, we, we played in black jerseys this year anyway, which we've already said are, are awesome and look good. Out of ten for you on those white jerseys, what are you what are your thoughts? Well, they, I mean they're fresh, absolutely <laughs> hashtag fresh they are. They, I think the um, I think they get a nine and a half, and they they can't get a ten just because the black on black ones are, are a ten, and they're the best in the league. So uh, yeah, nine. I mean they're, yeah, they're they're fire, beautiful. I, I love the yeah, I thought the um, you know all the names on the back, you know all the all the nicknames and so on, you know your Dean machines and. Cooper Loop and Grandy Man. And all that. I thought, yeah, that's great. Really good. But yeah, the, the jerseys themselves, I thought, were uh, an absolute drop of me. And uh, I'll be I'll be heading over to, to Florida on a stag do in a few weeks. I've already got the um, the black on black one in the bag because we can't get them um, 
can't get them over here. So that's already in the cart, ready to go. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm hoping they're still doing the um, the players players weekend ones by the time I'm out there because that will be added as well. Yeah, so they're, they're top marks. Great job again from the uh, from the marketing team. Yeah, well, watch out for that exchange rate out there as well. The pound is crashing like, God, I don't know what, like the Marlin season in some ways. But uh. <laughs> Actually, the Phillies ones are pretty cool as well, to be fair. They're black ones. but They yeah. did. They look good. There you go. So a nine and a half from our, our, our resident merchandise expert and jersey specialist. <laughs> Lee, I, I want, I want a, your take on something, though. Talk me through this scenario where you've got um, you've got the white, all white jerseys for one team and the all black for the other. Makes sense. Talk me through the picture for the Marlins and all the other guys, other teams wearing the white, um, wearing this black cap yeah. when he was pitching. Um, thoughts on that one, mate? Yeah, it did look a bit odd. <laughs> like, that, that, everyone else was wearing white and the pictures. And I think it was something to do with the batters couldn't see the ball or something. It was, there, there was a reason to it. Mm. So some official reason to it, but yeah, it did look a bit odd, you know, to, to, to all the others to wearing white and them to be wearing black. It, you know, it just didn't really match the the rest of the jersey all that well. No. Yeah, but so no. there, there was a reason to it, but I'm not sure how, but yeah, worthwhile it was. But yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. on the jerseys on the whole, I mean, I liked them, but I can't say I was overly keen on them to be honest. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> this is a <laughs> I think the UK Braves account had it better. They look good on paper, but seeing them in person, mm. uh, the, the jersey itself is really nice. I think the white, yeah, you know, the white trousers with it was a bit too much. Yeah, so I, I like the jersey itself. Yeah, yeah. If I, if I was to buy the jersey, I, 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 I'd be fine with that. Yeah, you know, buying mm. the jersey and all that. But I think actually seeing them, you know, playing in them, they looked a bit. Oh, just just to me, milkman and stuff. Yeah, you know, for things like that. It was it was a bit, a bit too white. And yeah, I, I'd actually agree that the trousers, um, it yeah. all did look a bit too much. But I thought if you're just talking about the jerseys, then for yeah, me, yeah. I mean, any, anything white and fresh. But yeah, I do, I do uh, sort of uh, yeah. tend to agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. In, ter- in terms of the jersey, it was, it was really nice, and and as a standalone, it, it's good. But I think in practice, you know, they, they looked better. You saw on, on paper than. In person, but I'm saying and the black the black ones were 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 better, but again it was I wasn't that keen. I couldn't, and especially the players' names, I couldn't even see half of the time, which seemed to defeat the object of you know, having the nicknames and stuff on the jerseys when you couldn't actually see half half of them, you know, in, in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had this same conversation, didn't we? Yeah, with black jerseys, yeah. I remember. And- there was some some snide comment or joke made by someone on this podcast. I don't know who that was about. Well, no one knows who the players are anyway, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, I'm, I I think it's fair to say the feedback on Twitter that I saw, not Marlins, but why did the Marlins was negative, I think, is probably the overall view on them. Don't think they kind of came off right. But no. anyway... The jerseys are the jerseys. I think the white, just if me and you bought them, they'd look cool. I think if we rocked up to Pashyank Avenue for a yeah. few beers late in September, 
well, actually, I wouldn't advise that, actually, because there's going to be a lot of beers consumed and you'd end up with all sorts of stains on them. Who knows? There's cheese steaks flying everywhere. But anyway, let's we're going way off piste here and we're only five minutes in. There's so much baseball to talk about. Let's I'm going to bring it back and I'm going to bring it back to last night. Let's go with recency bias. Because the reality is there's three weeks of baseball and none of us can remember any of it, probably. So we'll go with the recent. And uh, Rob, we have our potential future ace back. He's back off the IL, Pablo. Pablo Pablo Day, which is always my favorite day. Um, how, uh, and just before I ask you what you thought of the, the outing, etc., the last, the last time he pitched, I thought this was a funny stat. I was knocking around yesterday. The last time he pitched, um, Miguel Rojas was batting in the eighth spot. Obviously, we know he, he got promoted to, to lead off and did really well there for weeks. Um, so, Miggy was at eight, and Sergio Romo was, was the closer. So, <laughs> a lot's changed since Pablo's been away, but he's back. What what were your thoughts on his return, mate? He he, back to his normal self. He, I was really happy with it, and I know he and he had three strikeouts, but his rehabilitation has been really awkward. So mm. he started off um, uh, down in Double uh, A uh, in Jacksonville and really really struggled. He was he was all over the place. He ended up um, with five uh, innings pitch, but with a twenty. Was just giving runs all over the place. He looked, didn't look the same. Same point. He'd grown a goatee beard, and so in a kind of reverse Samson situation. As soon as he shaved that off, he was fine. Because when he went up into AAA, he did nine innings, hardly let any runs go, 1.93 ERA, and looked a little bit better. But my fear was was that since that injury, and he had been struggling a little bit in his rehab that he would come up into um, back into the uh, uh, into the major league side and struggle. And I know it wasn't plain sailing. Um, and I know he it was, it was encouraging not to see after him having some control issues down in the minors that he only gave away one walk. Uh, a few hits hit here and there. But I thought he looked close to back to where he was. Mm. Not saying that he's still got that, that full arsenal. I don't think his pace was quite up to where it, it had been before. But there we, we saw glimpses of, of the Pablo that um, we kind of knew and loved before his injury. The one that we were talking about could be our ace for next year or our opening day's picture for next year. So it was good. Um, but he needs, I think he still needs another couple of starts mm-hmm. to really, really get up to speed. Yeah. Well, it's encouraging, isn't it? Because, you know, he's had these issues two years in a row. He didn't make it back at all last year, I don't think. He think I think he finished the season on the IL and, you know, they shut him down. Um, so it's encouraging that they've rehabbed him back and he's back as a starter. And, you know, he went, what, five, six inning? Um, yesterday, almost five. Uh, sorry, five. almost six, wasn't it? Did he go five? He just went five, yeah. And oh, then they, they put they put Conley on for a couple and then sort of Keller gave away the the, the, the sort of final runs really. But the, yeah. the it was already a loss by the time that Pablo had uh, finished his five. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I watched that first inning and 
he <laughs> there was a pop out a fly out on the first out uh, I think it was that Van Meter for the Reds and it was one of them it was up to Pete O'Brien territory like in terms of a lot in terms of how high it went it was it was up there for ages and I was just and Diaz was sitting under it like waiting for ages and then but then he he, he rounded that off with two strikeouts so two of the three were in the first inning I was like whoa here we go Pablo's back and even even you know it it was good to see him back broadly that was the main thing looking like you'd expect a 80 90% pablo at this stage and let's see what what september brings for him um are you surprised they brought him back though anyway uh, in the, the this, last month yeah I, I i'm not surprised because i think the way our rotation has been over the last sort of month and well, really maybe two months where, uh, or maybe, no, let's say a month, really since Gallon has gone, um, it's looked really, really rocky. So you remember when we were talking about how good our rotation was and that we were in the sort of top 15 teams in, in regards to earned run average, where well, we've really dropped and we've had a, a very rough month and certain pitchers have had their moments. Obviously, you know, Wesley's not really stepped up. Um, Hernandez has had his issues. Yamamoto's had a few dodgy games. Um, so I can understand that they want to get this rotation back and settled again so then mm. let it flow into spring training. Um, just to say about your strikeouts and saying, yes, yeah, there was obviously a couple in the first inning, but there were seven ground outs and that's really encouraging. I... Almost it, when you're looking at a pitcher's stats, it's not just the strikeouts, because that's the one that stands out, isn't it? All the time they put it up on the screen. But look how many ground outs. Because fly outs, you know, it could be, you know, it could be straight in the air, and that's great, but it could be just caught on the boundary. A ground out gives you opportunities for double play. It shows that the pitchers can't get the ball in the air. Um, the, the, the pitcher who we have in the minors, who's very good at ground outs at the moment, is Sixto. So that's the kind of quality you get with a real sort of good ground out picture. So um, seven ground outs last night, only two fly outs. So I'd, I'd add those seven almost that strike out to think, yeah, that was 10 really decent outs there. Um, one other thing, though, one comedy moment with the bit that I was looking forward to is obviously seeing Double D back. Mm. And lo and behold, it was a hit by pitch, but it was in the strike zone. Wow. That's- he leans into them, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. He's just a pro <laughs> at it. And uh, um, so, um, yeah, there was, uh, there was some um, sort of good stats by Glenn Gaffner um, sort of on Twitter after the game saying, you know, you know, DD kind of avoided an out, really, um, mm. by, uh, get, by sort of purposefully almost getting hit by that pitch. But that's double <laughs> D. That is that is his calling card, that if ever, if ever there was one. But, hey, good to see uh, double D back. I've always... I've always liked him. I, I think he's regressed back to the mean for him in many ways, isn't he now, where he started on fire. Then he had this Chris Archer business, and since then it feels like he's, well, actually, he, he kind of continually hammered the Pirates, but then after that he's just really tailed off and kind of regressed back to, you know, a, a replacement level type player that I suppose he is or was or whatever. So, all right, cool. So Pablo's back in the mix. I'm excited for that. One player that is out of the mix, Dan. Unfortunately, Brian Anderson, speaking about hit by pitches as well, nice segue, not planned. Um, but unfortunately, BA hit by a pitch, broke 
part of his hand or a an element of his hand or his wrist or or something. But he's he's out now, seemingly for the year, based on the news that's just been reported this evening, which is no surgery, but um, out for the year. Uh, the the move to follow that was uh, the Dean machine back up just in time to play in the uh, Players Weekend jerseys. But, mate, summarise Brian Anderson's season for me, if you can. Um, it's been a good one, I think. Yeah, it has. And it's such a shame because the injury came at probably his best form of the year so far. He was, uh, he was on fire. He was hitting everything. He was fielding brilliantly. Um, you know, listening to uh, what you and Danny was talking about last week, saying about, you know, third base is his spot. But it, since he's gone out to um to right field as well, he's been he's been faultless. So, um, he's been fielding great. He's just playing with an arrogance, playing with a with a confidence, and uh, you know, hitting hitting home runs, hit, making hits, making walks. He's just doing everything he was gonna. He was, you know, we know that he can do. So that this injury came at such a cruel time for him. Um. And um, yeah, it's it, it is a real shame. It's good news today that to hear that he's not going to have surgery. Um, but I think that his season um, has been can be summarised by if you if you take away the the first month six weeks where nothing was happening for for anyone, let alone Brian Anderson. Um, I think he's probably been our best player. Um, so I, yeah, it's it's cruel. It's, it's a shame for him to end on this note. But um, yeah, but I've been really impressed, and it's it's another year of progression for him, and I think next year is um is is going to be pushing for for all star. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Let's, uh, I you know me, I'm not a stats guy. <laughs> you know that isn't in my makeup. But anyway, Danny inspired me last week on pod because there was stats acronyms flying around that blew my mind. WRC plus, DRS, um, I don't know, OPA, you know, you name it, Danny had it. And I thought, mm, I think I need to up my game a bit. So I'm starting, I'm starting light. I'm starting, you know, relatively well known on the war leaders, um, wins above replacement leaders. So Brian Anderson is the leader for the Marlins this year and by some distance I guess in this metric because his, his war is at 3.8 so almost four wins above replacement for, for BA um, they say oh, on within the stat, the the, um, the site I was looking at and checking these stats on they say like all star level is around about five a five war is is kind of all-star level. So I think that kind of circles back nicely to your point. I think the reality is if, if BA probably plays the last month in the form he, ha- he had been, he'd probably end up at around about a five-war once once all was said and done. And he has been the Marlins' best player this year. When you look at... So the other thing I then looked at was the batting stats and the, in, in all the categories, the major categories that you kind of count or you look at. Um, there's a major theme running through it. The Brian Anderson leads significantly. So runs, doubles, home runs, and walks, all Brian Anderson lead in those categories. 
There's another player that then leads in the other three major categories, I'd say, which is hits, triples, and RBIs. Throw it out to you boys. Who do you think that may be? Cooper. Castro. Yeah, I'd go Castro. Yeah, you boys, the, the majority wins it. <laughs> Star of the Marlin. I didn't want to give it away too much because I would have added uh, GIDP into it and then the... <laughs> <laughs> giving it away. <laughs> you boys, you boys don't know. But <clears throat> in doing this, in doing this um, anyway, because I was just interested to see the impact that Anderson's had on the team this year. And I think that the summary really is that BA is the Marlins' best player right now. And that's what's showing. He's leading most, and actually he's probably second or third in all the other categories that Castro is leading in. Um, but equally, it did surprise me that Castro, well, I don't know if surprise me is the right term, but, you know, to see Castro leading the way on a whole bunch when, you know, we have given him a load of stick, all Marlins fans have, all year. But he hasn't half since this trade deadline, when the lead up to the deadline, but then since that, He's really come alive, hasn't he? Like he looks, looks. Brilliant. You know, he wanted to stay, didn't he? You know, that's that's what I'm taking from it. He wanted to stay in Miami for this year. Um, Lee, here's one for you though, mate. You know, as part of this, um, I was looking specifically at the walks, player walks. So Anderson led with 44. Who? How many do you think Brinson has had this year? <laughs> Bearing in mind he's been in AAA a, a good, good chunk, so pinch of salt on that one. Lewis Brinson, probably about eight or so. <laughs> You've overplayed it, mate. <laughs> five, five, five walks for Lewis. Yeah, not great. And Rob, for you, just a round off. Jorge Alfaro. How many walks for him? Bearing in mind, he's been there pretty much all year. He's, yeah, without um, 20. You boys are oversold it again. 12 for Alfaro. 12. I know he's been poor. Uh, you know, he, he, he is either uh, hit or nothing, but I thought he'd got more walks than that. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean... Like I said, not a stats guy, but I, I found I found a second life or a second Lisa life in, the, in these stats here. I've gone berserk. I've got an, I've got a pad full of stats. I don't know what any of them mean. Anyway, um, just on the wall leaders, I circle back. Um, the the pitching one, just to kind of add some some notes in here. Sandy, uh, sorry, Caleb is the wall leader this year. 2.2 thus far. Sandy at 1.8 and Pablo at 0.9. So all positive war for the, I guess, the mainstays. You also had Gallon and Richards also in a positive war position. So, you know, that that rotation early, um, you know, which was that top five, then slid down to top 15. Those guys were all doing great. Who do you think is the biggest negative war for the pitchers, I'll come back around to you, Dan. I've got the top three here. See if you can get we can get the top three. Um, top three pitchers, negative war for the Marlins. What is it? As a starting pitching, or they could be any. They could have been in the rotation. They could have not been. I don't want to lead the witness too much. 
Chen. <laughs> Seems the Chen, obvious one. Chen is correct. He is the biggest, or is is the the biggest minus contributor at minus one point one. And there's two others at point point eight. Um, Conley. You've got two out of three, mate. For the microwave. Um, uh, Bryce. Think recent. Think recent. We've mentioned him earlier. He hasn't had a great stint. He's come up. Not done great. One of Rob's favourites. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, yeah. Oh, well, sorry. Uh, no, no, I see. Got it. The microwave is on its way to you. <laughs> Fish across the pond, sponsored by AO.com. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, one of the other guys, just just to round it up on this, this will segue into something else I want to talk about, guys. Um, third, third in the position player for us is John Birdie. 1.1 war. And I mean, he's been, what, he's played a third of a season, I, I guess. Um, and that's what I want to segue into is you've got John Birdie fundamentally being the everyday shortstop, has been the everyday shortstop since Miggy went down. Miggy's on his way back. Um, Lee, how do you see this playing out? Because as I see things right now, Birdie is hat and I wouldn't want to lose him out of the lineup. So, and equally, I like him in the leadoff spot too. Um, How how do you see this playing out? I mean, I don't know how long Miggy's going to be, but let's say Miggy's back next week. um, You know, after the uh, after the Nat series, Miggy's back. How do you see it playing out, mate, with Bertie and Miggy? Yeah, like I say, it's a tough one. Like I say, because you 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 assume Miggy's going to come come back in as a starter, short. And then obviously you got Castro at third at a minute with Diaz at you know at second. And I mm-hmm. don't think they want to change that too much at the minute. Yeah, you know, with, with the way that Castro's hitting and Diaz, obviously they they won't take him out now. You know, you want to just just just, just let him go. You know, yeah, just just have him starting even even though he is struggling you know, so far in, in his stint. So the the only other option is to put him back in centre field, but then you obviously with Brinson still struggling, but then you also the aren't where you don't really want to take Brinson out either yet. Obviously, this this is his. You know, you what you want to see what he's got. You know, to show he can do it at, at, at this level, which we still haven't really seen yet. You know, he's still struggling since he's come back. So I, I, I mean, I guess you could sort of play him in centre field one game, play him at short another. You know, he he, he could he could end up just 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 playing all over the the field. You know, yeah, like you know, to, to, you know, to, to give some some guys a day off. Yeah, you know, third because I, mean, I think you can play in in you know you know in any. You know, you know, space really so yeah it's, it's i mean it's it's a tough one to, to make at, at, at the minute because there's no obvious place for him to go no no it's true it's going to be interesting on that one because both of them have excelled in the leadoff spot you know they've they've been great and birdie's been doing great stolen bases galore he's a stolen he's, base speed is you know yeah yeah a real real you know, real asset to have on, on the team We've been looking for that all year. We tried a bunch of guys, but the problem was they were speedy. But unfortunately, they were always walking back to the uh, to, <laughs> to the dugout. Unfortunately, they weren't getting on base. They were, you know, Billy Hamilton style, where they were just like hitting, you know, one fifty, and you know, just yeah. not. That's the problem. They can be fast, but you got to hit. But you know, hey, I tell you, this 
this Blue Jays, um, uh, Blue Jays Triple A team has really, you know, done well for us. <laughs> We've picked up a couple there. I mean, considering they're not great either. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's interesting that one. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting to see how that one works out. I think you've hit maybe the nail on the head on that one with how are they going to play with Miggy anyway? You know, does he need to be starting every day? Do they want him starting every day if he's had, you know, muscle issues in his leg or in his knee? Mm, for me, you probably play it safe. There's no reason to to kind of press that too heavily. Birdie's doing a great job. And as you mentioned, he's, he's also been in the outfield in all sorts of spots. Um he could he could play any position in the outfield. I'm sure. Um, I, just on the outfield, we haven't really spoken about this because we haven't spoken for that long. But Lewis's glove has been yeah. awesome in centre field. Like Rob, I remember back at the start of the year, we were you know chastising in many ways, going you know he's letting balls through his legs and da da da. And but he's come back. Okay, the hitting still isn't absolutely there, but he is. I I, I put this on Twitter the other day. He must be the unluckiest player. And he came back, though, by whatever stat, the metric we use, he's the second unluckiest player in the league. But with the glove, he has been awesome, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, a lot, lot better. I think we all remember, I can't remember what game it was, near the start of the season where he had a bit of a howler, where he he, he put one through his legs. There's a few issues with positioning where uh, there was sort of fly balls and he wasn't getting forward enough or back enough or not knowing where it was it's clear that there was a lot of work done in triple a down in nola not just with his batting we see a slightly different stance the legs are a bit closer together um he is not looking to strike out as much especially anything which is sort of in the the bottom sort of corner of the zone mm-hmm. where he would just just really swing, swing and hack at anything he's looked far far more intelligent he doesn't look like when we we got Brinson, he looked like he was going to be a big slugger, and he doesn't look like that anymore. He looks a lot more intelligence in he, in his batting, but his pitching also looks the same. And we were we've been one of the big weaknesses we've had as a team all year has been our outfield. It's been completely fluid all year. We've had players playing everywhere. Lee was just talking about um, John Bertie. Well, Bertie the other night was playing left field, let alone centre field. I think he mm. has played right field this year. And, yeah. and then if you take it, he's, I know he, def, I, he definitely played first base for the baby cake. So I don't know whether he has for the Marlins. I can't remember. Shortstop, I don't think he's played second base, third base, definitely. He only really needs sort of, I think, second base catcher and pitcher to complete the full set. Bingo. Um, so having Bertie around is is great, but I wouldn't put him back into centre field. I'd let Brinson stay in that position now. Give him some time. Forget about his batting average and all the rest of it. Give him time now to, to just have a good two months in that position. Prove that he is a, you know, he, he's not going to be the superstar with the bat, but could he be a future gold glover? You know, it, so, you know, let, let, let him have that opportunity there, and just just uh, just a further point on Bertie. I'd definitely keep him in the in the in a sort of playing, but uh, especially as we go into the expanded rosters in September. But um, I think Bertie's long term position is probably more. You're talking about a shortstop backup for next year, or potentially third base. 
where he yep. played most of the season for Nola anyway. Where was he playing? Third base? Yeah. Third and then base. first base. He did play around a bit and a bit of shortstop, but he was mostly at third base. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that he's he's ended up at short and, you know, obviously um, Anderson's been out of right field or was, and then Castro was shunted to third. You know, it's they've been chopping and changing around with that, haven't they? So someone's, you know, they're just trying to, square pegs round hole scenario but you know it, it it kind of is what it is at this stage i suppose but the reality is birdie's been a nice surprise i mean he's 29 is this his rookie year is that right is it is he classed as a rookie i think he is yeah yeah i think so yeah and he's he's 29 so you know it's it's interesting to see what the future holds for john birdie really he when he first came up, I was very skeptical. I, I remember being very skeptical, thinking, "Who is this dude? He doesn't look like he should be there. He's a journeyman AAA guy, but fair play. He's he's really heated up as uh, you know as injuries have happened around him, and he's taken his opportunity well. I'd say so. You know, fair play. I've 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 enjoyed him, and I've enjoyed the the bird emoji particularly <laughs> being heavily used. So. Um, yeah, good. Well, nice segue again um, into talking about centre field and John Birdie maybe playing there or Lewis Brinson playing there. One player who may be there is Monte Harrison in September. So the rules, as I understand it, is if you're on the 40 man by the 31st of August, um, you can be called up through September. And they may, they can, they can do whatever they want, really, with with the roster there. So, looking at the forty man now, a um, bunch of guys are still on the ten day IL. But then there's yeah, good maybe ten, eleven players who who are outside of that who we may we may see. Um, Monte Harrison being one of them. Rob, how, how do you think? If they do bring Monte up, bearing in mind he primarily only plays centre field, is that correct? Uh, he's well, yeah, centre field. I think he can play right field as well. Okay, okay. Well, that that could be interesting. I mean, you know, we def- <laughs> the knock-on effect is Anderson's gone down and we started moving people around. But let's say they wanted to play centre field. Um, could you see him splitting time with Lewis at centre field now for September, or maybe try and think of something different to that? Um, I think if Monte Harrison was fully fit, the the the, the opportunity of Brinson having that extended time may have been in doubt, um, because Monte is um, sort of really I think he's destined to be that kind of long term centre fielder after Lewis was having his struggles. I think that was what the thoughts of sort of some of the pundits and and some of the sort of the, the fans on Twitter were really really thinking because he was he was playing brilliant thing you got to remember about Monte Harrison is that um we 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 didn't talk about John Bertie's stolen bases which has been a bit of a disappointment for the rest of the team because Bertie's done well but we have been really poor at getting stolen bases considering we're supposed to be playing a short game well mm-hmm. Monte is an athlete he was brought in the reason why he was part of that trade was that um uh, he was considered to be that real kind of 
athlete there who will get your stolen bases very very quick on base you know that that little difference that he can maybe let's say he's on first that you know there's a, a, a hit goes out into let's say left or right uh, outfield he can get to third base just with that extra pace where s- someone else might not or Lewis Brinson might not so that's what you're getting you're getting that extra dimension of that speed before he got injured in in AAA he was looking you know pretty hot and pretty decent and then just like uh, sort of uh, all players do his batting average just 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 for an example was 284 he had 22 RBIs, uh, but he had 20 stolen bases. And, mm. um, you know, that that's at 190 at-bats. So um, you're really considering, you know, what's that? Maybe sort of two-thirds of a normal season, maybe, down there. So a full season, he could have probably got 30 stolen bases, yeah. maybe, for the season. And that's the kind of player that you want to come up. So... Um, I would expect he will come up in September after he's done his rehab assignment, but I think you'll probably see him at the end of September. And then I think it's going to be a story about what's going to happen in spring training. You know, who is going to get that centre field stop spot? Is it going to be Lewis? Is it going to be Monte? In the longer term future, going into next season, then you're really talking about both because you can't just have one player in one position. Just imagine if Stalin Castro got injured at the start of the season. Who on earth would you have played there? Um, you'd have been really scratching around for players and just sticking Yadiel Rivera in there. Or, yeah, exactly. So you need to have um, strength in those. If you look at the real strong teams at the moment, one player drops out. Just look at the Dodgers have had a, a few injury problems. The Astros definitely of late. They seem to be able to pick someone else and stick them in. Mm-hmm. They're just as good. And that's what you kind of want with that kind of Harrison, Brinson, maybe playoff. One dips in form, you bring the other one in. One gets injured, you bring the other one in. Yeah. We're going to cover this in a lot more depth at some point, but I'll give a a snap reaction or a snap answer from you, mate. Opening day, centre fielder for next year. Who are you taking? Um, Still Brinson. Lewis. Fair enough. I think that's the most likely potentially but anyway let's not go into obviously we've got a couple of pods that we can get into in the later in the year when we've got time um so monte harrison i think it's timely that he's back and he's rehabbing i think it'd be great to see him so let's see how that plays out dan is there anyone else from your side that you are looking forward to seeing excited to see from guys that are in that pool of players that we haven't maybe seen this year? Well, the, the obvious answer is Sixto, um, especially as at, at the moment um, the, the pitching's probably been tailed off at perhaps its poorest that it's been all year. And that's understandable. We've had some injury problems. You know, it was so consistent for so long. Um, mm-hmm. And we knew that at some point, you know, form would be, injuries would come. And that's what has happened. And we've had a couple of nice surprises with people like Yamamoto coming out of nowhere and doing well to start with. Again, his form's dipped a little bit now. Um, but, yeah, so I think that if the, it, the pitching, even though it has tailed off a little bit, the, the batting's got a little bit better. I am, I would like to maybe see um, to, to see Harrison just uh, come in and make a couple of appearances before the season's out. I think it would maybe do his confidence quite good, get, get stuck in with the boys. But um, yeah, I think the, the 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 obvious one um, 
is, is our number one prospect in Sixto. So I think it'd be good to uh, to see what he's got. He's lighting it up in uh, in Triple A. So um, yeah, be good. Or Double A is it Double A or Triple A? Is in the moment. Double yeah, A. He's, he, yeah, he's double, double A. Double A. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the guys, the guys that are on the forty man that are not on the the ten day. You've got Kihada who's just gone down. Um, Kinley, actually, Kinley's just come come back up. Is that right? Has that just happened this evening? Kinley yeah. or Austin Bryce? Is that right? So you've got those two guys. We've seen plenty of. Then you've got you're into this batch. Then of you got Jordan Holloway. Um, George Guzman, Robert Duggar, who we saw for that one start, um, Jesus Sanchez, that for me is the real wildcard one I'd like to see, playing right field a few games, Jesus. Uh, then Magniera Sierra, uh, and then you've got Wilkin Castillo. Whoa, there's a blast from the past, eh, Wilkin Castillo? <laughs> what was that? Who was that? What was that game where he uh, had to play because we had no catchers and yeah. he had about four RBIs and... <laughs> it was probably against the Phillies, wasn't it? Because we've just tormented <laughs> them this year. Um, and then the final one, Monte Harrison. So, you know, those are the players, I guess. You've got um, Jordan Holloway, George Guzman, Jesus Sanchez, Magniera Sierra, and Monte Harrison. I think, for me, they're the kind of guys... You, you could throw Robert Douglas into that mix. Uh, you know, he's obviously been up for a start. Um, you know, they're all young guys that... I guess this is what, you know, for a team that's not contending, that's what September's about, I guess. And it, well, it's the last time you can do it because they're they're um, scrapping this um, this kind of setup for next year. So, yeah. um, what about you, Lee? Who's who's kind of catching your eye that you would like to see or hope to see? Yeah, so, I mean, the obvious one is Sanchez. But I think, didn't six he get hurt? Or Jesus. Uh, Jesus. That's only six toe. He's not on the 40 man, though, is he? No, he's not on the 40 man, but you never know. He could make a move. He'd have to want. make a move now, wouldn't he? Yeah, to put him on there. Yeah, I, I think Sant, yeah. Yeah, so but I think he got injured the other day. So I'm not sure how long or if he's come back now. I just saw he got take, taken out of a game and people got excited thinking he was coming up, but it turns out he, he was hurt. So, oh, no. Yeah, yeah so I think him. So I expect Duggar to come back to maybe make a start. I mean, he can't be much worse than I don't know where he's been. So I expect him to come up. Uh, Sierra maybe. Yeah, I don't think they're going to make too many you know, your your moves really. No. To do too much with the team. Yeah, but I think they're and and obviously Harrison. You know, he's, he's going to come up as well. Yeah, but I can't see him doing anything too dramatic. Because, I mean, yeah. we're still trying to find out the players, you know, that, that are on the Major League roster at the minute. So, you know, we, yeah. we, we want them, them to still play, really. So, yeah, I, I don't see too much happening. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I don't I don't think there's a need to have a ton of guys up. What I do know is on the, the, the guys who are on the 10-day as well, Teron Guerrero, Miggy Rowe, um, Cesar Pueo, I think JT Riddle, I think all of them guys might be rehabbing as well at the moment. So you've got that kind of batch there who've been up for part or most of the year and they're kind of knocking around to come back as well. So, yeah, I, we'll see how it goes. For me, the one that I'd be really excited to see would, would just be Jesus Sanchez. Um, 
Whether that happens, I'm not sure. Well, time will tell. He's just the one, only because I know so little about him. But for him to, you know, he's pretty much the youngest player on this on the 40 man. Let's see. I think he might be. He is the youngest player on the 40 man. So, yeah, for him to be like catapulted straight into AAA, straight after the trade, and um, yeah, let's let's you know, I'd be interested to see what he's got. You know, that'd be fun. So, just to clean up a little bit here, um, <laughs> uh, there, uh, there was the Miami Herald. <laughs> the Miami Herald did say that they thought it was unlikely. I, I can't remember whether it was a, an interview with, with Mattingly or, or what, but that it was unlikely that um, Sanchez would um, go uh, into the squad in September, that they wanted to give him a full season before he went up. The other thing is to remember about why some of these players, because when you look down that list and you think, oh, you know, Guzman and Devers and, and you know, Holloway, um, Duggar, it's a bit of an odd thing, really, because they're not players who you instantly look down the minor leagues or look down into AAA and think, ah, oh, you know, they're just about ready to come up. The only reason why they're in the 40-man in the first place was that they're there to be protected from the Rule 5 draft. So when it comes to the start of the season where you can, you know, if you don't have a, a player in your 40 man and there's certain conditions that they've you know, been been in the minor leagues for so long, etc., um, they can be picked up by other clubs in the Rule 5 draft, held onto their 40 man roster. If they're held for the full year, then they become that team's player. Now, um, that's the reason why some of those prospects they've held on there, even though there's not a hope that they'll actually play. Uh, at all in the season, um, and the, the the only one who could come up, uh, it could be Guzman, who's mm-hmm. played a lot lot better. He 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 came in. He was in the Stanton trade, and was really kind of up and down, but had a really strong season. So he could be someone who who we could see come up. Um, but with the others, I I don't think you'll see many changes really happening. I think the only thing you you you, you might you know, nor do I think there'll be really any changes to the forty man itself unless they decide to you know cut loose you know Prado, Castro, Walker, whoever to try and put more like like Sixto, like you know someone else, maybe Brian Miller who's playing very well in in, in left field. Um, down in in Double A, they or or pick up something like Peter O'Brien and stick him back in there. I, I can't really see that happening, and I, I don't think there'll be much movement. Oh, Rob, you are awesome in that cleanup spot, I must say. <laughs> we gave him the big build up, and he he didn't uh, <laughs> he didn't disappoint. That's for sure. Um, just one thing on. 40-man moves. i tell you one thing I did see knocking around. I think this was Craig Mish reporting or just maybe talking or hypothesizing was about, uh, it was linked to Ramirez getting injured with the Indians and all of a sudden then maybe, you know, potentially being an option for Castro and them trying to, I don't know, create a situation where they could outright Castro now somehow with an agreement, pre-agreement or something with the Indians to pick him up. And yeah, I don't know. It sounded very complicated anyway. It, it took, for me, when it takes two tweets to explain, then <laughs> that's a sign that it's probably overcomplicated. But anyway, <laughs> we'll see. 
Um, all right, guys, so that's September. Um, we're going to play a little bit of uh, roster roulette at this point, or a simple yes-no game of looking forward to next year's roster. And we're going to get into some, you know, once the season ends, we've got a lot of time to talk about this, but we're going to have this time now, end of August, who's in, who's not, who's going to be on the roster next year and who isn't. Um, we'll just go around, do two, two, two-ish turns, maybe three turns. Yes, no, are they on? Are they not by next year on the 40-man? So, um, Dan, on to you, mate. I'm letting you lead off with your favourite man, Chen. Chen, is he on? Are the Marlins eating the 20 mil? Is, is he, he's still got another year, is he? Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> 20 million. 20 mil. Well, I, I, it pains me to say that it's going to have to be a yes, because I don't know how we get rid of <laughs> really. So, yes. Chen's on. Lee, another man beginning with C. Adam Conley. Yeah. He's on? He's on, yeah. Okay. Rod Newell, Stalin Castro. I don't think they're going to be paying 10 million for him, no. Okay. Background then. Mm, Harold Ramirez. Yes. Wow, our roster's packed here. <laughs> All right. Lee? The Dean Machine. No. Dean Machine gone. All right. Rob Newell. How about Tehran Guerrero? Uh, yes, but I, I, I don't think much of. of, of <laughs> I, I'm not a big fan of ultra fast, you know, ball players. <laughs> I just think they just go out of control. But yes, I think he'll still be there. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Final, final trip around just for a bit of fun. Um, Neil Walker. No. I think that's that sounds sensible. Um, here's a good one JT Riddle no he's gone yeah alright and this is the perfect way to round off Hector Noessi um, I, I think he'll be given a, a five year contract 100 million <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Well, that was just a bit of fun, boys. Um, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about roster moves in the next, what, four or five months as we're podcasting daily through the off-season. <laughs> <laughs> boys almost collapsed off their, their chairs then. Um, yeah, you never know. We may have to turn this. I'm, I'm pretty confident we can find some NFL stuff to talk about in the meantime and whatever. We can blend it in. Um, into a bit of baseball. I don't think Marlins news will be that that <laughs> intense. But and uh, just while we're on NFL, it's draft season right now. Um, Lee Dobbs, talk to me. You're you're the man who's you've got about fifteen leagues on the go. 
uh, we'll just we won't take ages on this one, but I know a lot of listeners will also be doing NFL drafts as well. I'm doing another two <laughs> this week. So, who's the player that you're outside of the first round? But who's the player outside of the first round that you must take? You have to take, and you are taking this year as much as you can. Uh, I mean, I've for the Colts now that Andrew Luck's retired, they're mm. going to be a run it running team, I think. Marlon mm-hmm. Mack who had a really good end, end of the year for them, and I've seen him go quite low in some drafts. Yeah, we are not yeah not in in the first round. So for me, he'd be a sleeper one to try and get early on if he can, because I, I think they they're going to have to turn turn to the running game a bit you know a bit more now. So yeah, Mar- Marlon Mack is is, is you know a sleeper one to take. I think. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I think. Unfortunately, everyone's going to be thinking exactly the same yeah, as you. That's the problem, yeah. <laughs> I, and, and the thing is, though, just segueing into the Colts and you know the luck news, the reality is Jacoby Brissett. You know, he's been around that club a while. He can do yeah. a job, and so yeah, he, he filled in okay when Luck was injured. You know, he didn't do too badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that was you know a year ago or yeah. eighteen months ago, whatever. Now. Just on the on the Colts, I, what I've done when I drafted it was pretty much the straight after the the luck news broke, and then you know lo and behold, T. Y. Hilton is crashing, <laughs> his, his draft position is just dropping out of its ass because no one you know he's the deep threat, isn't he? Um, so I took a ton of T. Y. Hilton. I took him in both leagues, both teams because one thing I thought back was, do you remember that time last year when? Luck was just recently back. They had a couple of fourth quarter Hail Mary requirements and they brought in Brissett yeah. to do a long bomb. So I was thinking... Yeah, okay, he can throw a, a long bomb, yeah. Bomb it. Yeah, he can bomb it. So anyway, TY's been my guy. The other guys I've taken... Sorry, guys, just to go off on a tangent. <laughs> but the two guys I've taken in, the, in both of them have been tight end Vance McDonald only because I missed out on the, the guys, the top end guys. So he's been, I've taken him both times. And I've also taken a ton of Mark Ingram as well. Um, yeah, it could be a good pick, yeah. Which could be good or it could look awful. Time will tell. Anyway. Didn't, I didn't hear many Dolphins players there. Not many. Uh, mate, I did take Drake, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a couple. Yeah. There's a couple. Howard. Who do you like? To, actually, yeah, who do we like from the Dolphins, guys? Go on. Go the on. Dolphins. A lot of their players, like, yeah, Howard... Oh, on the defense, yeah. where you pick the whole defense normally you know, for most leagues, rather than than, than like, you know individual players for, for the defense. So it's, I mean, I I do tend to take to take my you know the Dolphins actually. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. But on the offense, it's hard to. I mean, you don't yeah. even know know who's playing quarterback yet, so it's hard to nah, to really pick. Gonna be a long season. Who's going to be playing QB? I guess Fitzmagic will start as well. Yeah, we're not sure. It's either going to be Fitzpatrick or, yeah. or Rosen. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it will probably go to Fitzpatrick. But I actually hope it is an IAP. I hope it gives it to, to Rosen. It should, be, it should be Rosen, really. It should After be. What, yeah, the, because there was no point in playing Fitzpatrick. No. One year when Rosen, yeah, we, we need to see how good he is before the draft for next exactly. year. Exactly. Yeah. Who, who are the Dolphins receivers? Like, who? Stills, uh, is he still there? Yeah, Stills. Yeah. Maybe the number um, one target there. Yes. Yeah. That it? Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's that the is. Is it. 
Oh, Parker, they sat you know, there. They ground and pound by the sound of it. Then, yeah, Parker, you know, he's he's on and off. He's good one mm. game and then goes missing for the next five. Mm. Yeah, it could be a tough season for the Dolphins by the sound of it, boys. Sounds like they're they're okay on the D, not well, we so have, great. We've got some kind of is a D. We've got highlight real players. You know, if you know they make one really like you know, good play, where like, where like, they return it for return it for a touchdown or something, but. So, yeah. so, so they probably look better than maybe they actually are. So, well, it's, it's sort of like uh, the offense last year. Actually, they had highlight real plays, but for the rest of the game, they were you know you know going backwards. But but because they they ran off one one ninety two yard you know run or something, it, you know you know it, it looked good. Yeah. 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 Well, as we record this, guys, this is Tuesday, twenty seventh of August, and UK time. It's just about half ten in the evening. What I have seen knocking around has been some chatter about Jadeveon Clowney trades. So, yeah. you know, the Dolphins may look to add a piece there. Um, you know, why not? The I guess the thing for the Dolphins is they've been burned before with the Indomitian Sioux contract. And, you know... Yeah. It, thing was, talking of giving up Tannisil for him, which I wouldn't do. Like, why would you give up a young player for an you know, for an aging injured player. Mm-hmm. We're not going to win this year. And yeah, sort of like Marlin. So what? Why? Why trade for a veteran when you're not going to? We're going to win this year anyway. When you might as well keep keep the younger version. Yeah. Yeah. Who's only in the second third year? And we got an absolute ton of draft picks for next year. Yeah. So we're, we're sort of like the you know the Dolphins and Marlins are in a similar situation. similar process. Yeah. yeah. Where next next draft dolphins have got like like fifteen picks or something, so yeah. we we could really you know hit big there. Yeah, well, boys, what I've realised is there is legs in some sort of NFL spin-off here. So, you know, I'll I'll throw it out there to the listeners as well. If 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 it sounds like the boys know what they're talking about and uh, you want to hear more, then yeah, we can maybe make that happen. Uh, I know. I know Craig Mish does a bit of that, you know, hour one baseball, hour two NFL. Boys could can make that happen. So hit us up, let you know. Um, so let's we're at the hour mark, boys. I was expecting a long one, so I've not jollied us along. We've had we've had three weeks apart. We needed we needed a virtual hug this evening together collectively. Um, so let's round things off. Well. Quick recap, boys. I'm literally going to take two seconds, maybe ten, but I need to summarise what results have happened while since we last spoke. So, Braves two two, Dodgers they beat us two one, swept by the Rockies, swept by the Braves, two one, then just recently against the Phillies. So, it's fair to say it's been up and down. That Braves split series was good. Enjoyable as well, competitive. Dodgers looked incredible, a step above anyone. The Rockies, that was a disappointing sweep, and we blew it up on on the Sunday. Oh yeah, <laughs> Sunday wasn't, wasn't great, was it? That was poor moments. Swept by the Braves, they just outplayed us. Freddie Freeman just played too well, and there was all sorts of shenanigans going on. With did was yeah, it Acuna again? Yeah. Was it Hernandez? Pitching, yeah. did he intentionally hit him? Blah blah blah. Like the Braves just want to blow up about that. Every time Acuna gets hit, it's like, oh yeah, you know, all hell breaks loose. And then the Phillies, well, 
I'm going to say it right now. They're one game back of the wild card, but I'm going to say right now that we, if we didn't end their season in that series, we're going to end it on the last weekend of the year. So <laughs> for some reason we've been, we've been hammering them. So boys, the key bit now, we come to it. The updated predictions league. Bear in mind, there has been six series of predictions since we last recorded. <laughs> but I have managed to compile all scores and update everything. And in reverse order, so in the cleanup spot, you, some may say, Rob Newell cruising in on 11 points. In the three spot, Dan Healy, 16 points. In the two spot, the host of this podcast, <laughs> Pete rolling in at 19, and Lee Dobbs leading the way on 20. Whoa. So, close. He's into the 20s first time. <laughs> so, we've submitted our Reds, our Reds uh, predictions already. Uh, I'll just quickly summarize them. Bearing in mind, Rob is trailing. He's gone for a 4-0 Marlins sweep. 4-0 Marlins. Four-game series sweep against the Reds. Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, et al. That's a failed sweep already. There's a minus one already with your name written all over it. Yeah. Um, interestingly, Lee Dobbs leading the way 3-1 Marlins. So they need to win the next three. Mm -hmm. Dan Healy, similar score, 3-1. Mm -hmm. And me, maybe I'm in the better spot here at 2-2. Two -two. So I've got, the, I've got the split in, which looks okay, actually, now. So, guys, once this is out of the way, we've got the Nats coming up, three-game set. Um, let's take a quick live on-air prediction for the first time in, in the week. Um, <laughs> Lee, seeing as you're leading the way, you can set the standard and everyone can follow you then. What are you saying, mate? Uh, it's going to be a tough series, I think. Mm -hmm. Given who's pitching. Well, what would the rotation be by then? It's four games now, isn't it? Yeah. So Pablo will start one of them. Yeah, we'll have Pablo, we'll have uh, Smith, and we'll have... Yamamoto being Yamamoto. Yamamoto. Yeah. Yamamoto. Yeah. Okay, solid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that rotation though is just naughty, isn't it? Yeah, it feels uh, as back town. I say we'll take a game, we we'll lose the series 2 1. Yep. Yeah, 2 1. Fair enough. Well, I'll, I'll follow that up. I'm actually, yeah, I, th I think, think that's the sensible one. I'm going to go 1 2 as well. Um, Dan, you're next up, mate. Well, I do agree, but I've got to think a bit more tactically. There's no point me following soon. Um, so, so the answer's either got to be a Marlins win or a sweep for the uh, for the Nats, and uh, they're on a bit of form in a minute, aren't they? They've hit some good good form in a bit. They've got, as you say, they've got a very tasty rotation. So, I'm going to go with a sweep for the Nats. Yep. Tact that's all tactical. This is where we're getting into. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, the tactics. Okay. Hey, the only other thing I was thinking was um, you could go completely random and go, well, I'll go one all with one of them rained off or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll right, give yeah. you two points. I, sorry, I'll give you four points for that if you take 
if you take a, a split series on a, an un, uneven series. But anyway, Rob, there you go. I've dangled that carrot for you there, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't want to go uh, careless again. Otherwise, there's no point in me uh, uh, continuing in the league. I, I, will, I will do a uh, Bolton already. <laughs> And be ex- expelled from the league. No, um, uh, it, it's it's really strange, isn't it, with the Nats because um, they have been so up and down and up and down. And at one point, we thought, oh, here we go, they're in trouble. They'll now have to sell off and rebuild. And then they've looked, you know, really decent. Won their last five. Um, they've now got a four-game lead in the wild card as we stand tonight. As and it's incredible looking at some of the teams below them. Chicago on a bit of a losing streak at the moment. What's happened to the Brewers? I don't know. They've seemed to have been not blowing up, but they just seem to be not winning no series. No yeah. pitching. We exactly. saw it. I mean, this is the beauty of baseball, isn't it? You get to see all of the teams live and in action and close up. And, you know, when we scored, what was it, 12 runs in an inning against the Brewers? And you look at them and go, yeah, they've got rotation issues. And it was obvious. So... No surprises that the Brewers are struggling. I think it's really funny that that the Phillies are one game out of the wild card. And the Mets are two games out of the wild card. But mm. if you if you followed any of the Phillies or Mets Twitter accounts, you'd think they were like the worst teams in the whole of the NL. Um, so they're not as bad as it seems. I can I still I, my prediction now is that we'll we'll have the Nats and the Phillies as the two game, uh, two teams that mm. go through uh, into the wild card. But anyway, uh, in regards to this series, I think Washington are going to be too strong, and it will be two one to them. Two one. So no Marlins win predicted there for the uh, for the Nats series. So after and that's you know on the back of a sweep, two three ones and a split that we predicted in the favour of the Marlins for the Reds series. So I guess what we're saying there is we, we don't fancy the Reds too much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at home, where, when, where we haven't been great. Well, actually, we haven't been great home or away, to be fair. So, um, All right, so they're all, they're all recorded down. Just, just a quick um, public announcement as well. I would, and just talking about the Phillies, I would love it to go to the final weekend for them. Phillies, Marlins is the final series. It's a three-game series. And the announcement is, us boys, we know what's happening. We're going to be there in, in Passionk Avenue in, in London, um, getting together to, to enjoy that game. It's an 8 o'clock start, 8.05 maybe, or 8.10, some, in some crazy US scheduled time. But anyway, 8-ish. Um, we're all getting together ahead of that. Um, I don't know, whatever time we get into London, I guess, but um, the we, we've got a joint event in, in Pashyunk with um, with the UK Phillies guys, so they're getting down. We're going to enjoy that game together. We've got um, qu- a quiz lined up, and we've got uh, bingo lined up. We've got live podcasting, probably, because there's two podcasts out there, and I know there's some other guys turning up who podcast as well, so it could become... I don't know, a UK baseball community podcast by the time we end. Um, there's cheesesteaks on 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 uh, on order. There's there's drinks, I don't know, vouchers, deals, who knows what. And Rob, just to answer what you were saying earlier about what happens if you um, tank in this predictions league, um, that unfortunately the loser 
obviously <laughs> gets the first round in. And it's a round of your choice. I'm going to ring ahead to Pashyunk and see what beers they stock. And if they have this Madeiran beer in, that would be absolutely awesome. Yeah, or I could be quite bitter and get you something rather, you know, four ad, you know, three advert cars or something sort of equally as horrible. Get the snowballs in. Let's get festive with the snowballs, mate. I love it. Love it. Awesome, but that's that 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 is a it's an open event, guys. So any of the listeners out there based in the UK, they they want to come and celebrate or commiserate the end of the regular season. We'll all be there. I know there's other Marlins UK fans coming because they've they've already said. I know some of the other fan account guys are coming as well, as well as the Philly side are there too. So it's going to be great fun, guys. You know, let's say a six o'clock start, eight o'clock baseball kicks off. Finished around 11, 11.30, trains home, hotels, who knows what. It's going to be a great night, great way to end the year. So looking forward to that. Let's round this week off, guys, with the usual segments. Where else would we end? Player of the week and emoji of the week. I've got neither in mind, so I need to go last uh, on this one. I've spent too much time on uh, on war stats. Um, who, who's got something in mind? Put your hand up now or press your blue button. I'll go, I'll go first as I got a, a stowel There's, it would be, so it's not been a great week and I mean, I've mean i gone for Alfaro actually as the player of the week he's the only one who sort of hit consistently because you know, Paulie's been playing for the last few months so it was good to see him turn it around slightly he hit, he hit a couple of home runs I think he was hitting about 400 you know, average so he had a decent week and yeah, as an an honorable an honorable mention, Hernandez had a you know good start the other day, and mm-hmm. Sandy as well had a good start. So the starters, yeah, there, there are some some good starts coming now, but yeah. So for me, the player of the week was Alfaro. Okay, buddy, who's next up? <sighs> Rob, have you got one? <laughs> <laughs> I've um, in regards to the player, I, uh, I I know sort of, I suppose actually Castro has probably got better stats, but I, I'm going for John Bertie on the basis that um, I think he's just looked really good. He's looked really good opening the batting. That's probably I don't know, the first time in ages that I've seen someone look fairly stable up there. Opening um, the batting. Hold on a minute. Are we? Are we going cricket here now, Rob? <laughs> you got, you got to all our American listeners. It's been the Ashes, which is a a, a, a cricket game between Australia uh, and England. It's very, very famous, and so I've got cricket on the brain. So uh, yeah, in the opening spot, John Bertie has been, and um, uh, you know, three stolen bases uh, for a team that does not get stolen bases. He's only two fifty for the the week, but even so, there's seven hits and two home runs in that, and he's he just he looks. Really good. So John Bertie, um, I, I can't think of an emoji at the moment, but he is called the Bird Man, so I'm going to have to use the bird. I think. Fair enough. So I, I just realised I, I, oh, I, I never did my emoji. It was going to be the the dancing one, yeah, like the boy band for for like for like those, those white unis, because because oh, that, that's what everyone's compared oh, yeah. to the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, and it'd be the dancing man. That's a great show. <laughs> More like John Travolta out of Saturday yeah. Night Fever. Yeah. Saturday Night Fever, yeah. It's a great one. That is a good one, mate. <clears throat> and just as a, a side point, that Backstreet Boys album was was very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's move on from that one. <laughs> yeah, it was better. <laughs> um, yeah, well, my 
hesitancy was because I was trying to think of an emoji, but my I, I was following there with, with Rob with 30 as my player of the week for the same reason as he said. I think that he's, he's on a good hitting streak. He's, he's led off brilliantly since he's been given that responsibility. And yeah, as Rob just picked up on there, the, the stolen bases as well, which is a nice surprise for this team. So I think that from a week that hasn't been particularly successful, um, apart from obviously the Phillies uh, series win here, Birds has been a, a good shining light. So he gets my vote. Um, I was struggling with the with the um, emoji, but I'm just going to go a little bit sideways with it. And it's going to be, you know, you've got the the two, like you've got the, the, the man and the woman and the man and the man and the woman and the woman and so on. Well, I'm going to go for the man and the man twice. So that's us four getting back together. Oh, I <laughs> love it. <laughs> love it. Well, for our long layoff. That's good. That is. <laughs> that is good. I, I was thinking of, of the same type of theme, actually. I was trying to tie it into that. Um, that's, you know, the, the series. What series? I think of the hangover, um, which I was trying to think of the right emoji for that hangover and the wolf pack or something. So yeah. is there a wolf? Is there a wolf emoji? I think there is. Probably. There's some sort of, there's some sort of animal that looks like a wolf, I suppose. But um, <laughs> yeah, I like, I like that one, mate. It's good. Um We'll definitely use that on the on the Twitter announcement for this one. I'm also going the Birdman for uh, Player of the Week. Um, emoji I've got in mind is um, yeah. I was trying to think of something, but equally for for the Birdman, I'm going to use the racing car one <laughs> just for the the wheels that he's putting putting down at the moment. He is he is wheels and more of the same, please uh, on that front. Notable honourable mention actually to the the palm tree emoji as well that's seemingly had a lot of use here recently on on mine. <laughs> Equally as well, I've got the whole band. I've got a trumpet. I've got drums. I've got a guitar. <laughs> the band was in full flow on Saturday. I was thinking yeah. of you, Lee, must say. Yeah, I've got an alternative one. Um, and when I was looking down the um, the the players' names, their nicknames, for some reason I don't know why. But uh, Harlan the Marlin Garcia is called the Elephant, and and he's and he had a good week because he was obviously he had that hold just before the Stanek save in the last game against the Phillies, and just looking I just looked at his stats because I I haven't paid much attention to it, but his last thirty games twenty eight uh, innings pitched, only five earned runs. 25 strikeouts and 0.93 whip or 1.61 ERA. Tell you what, that's looking like uh, uh, he's really settled into that 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 bullpen role. Mm. So uh, a big shout out to to Harlan. Hopefully he just doesn't explode tonight and give yeah. give away like 10 and uh, earned runs. But um, yeah, um, for for a guy who at one point we thought could be a starter, probably about a year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, yes, good effort for the elephant. So I'll have the elephant emoji. Two, two follow-up points on that. Surely, surely the curse is real. So that's the end of him tonight. <laughs> Secondly, let's let's see. I, I have my snap thoughts as to why he's called the elephant, but I'd be interested to understand what the background is on that mm. that nickname. Um, I don't know. We'll try and understand what Did that is. His shoes as well. Yeah, the cleats he's wearing on Sunday. They had, no. they had you know, like, yeah, the, the, the elephant, you know, you know, sign on them. Everything. Uh, they look, they look really nice. Yeah. 
All right, okay. Well, let's let's see what we can do digging around on that one. Someone yeah, will know something somewhere. So, you know, it must mean something to him, you know, to go that far with, like, the shoes and everything. So there must be some meaning mm. to the elephant. Yeah, exactly. Not just to do with the trunk or yeah. length of trunk or anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go, boys. We've come full circle. We've done... We've done holidays, we've done Madeira and beer, we have done, well, we've done everything. We've done everything in this episode, other than talk about any baseball seemingly, but, you know, <laughs> that's what fish across the pond can deliver for you. Boys, great to have you back, great to be back as a, as a foursome, as a wolf pack, for sure. Um, we're back next week, I assume, boys. None of you, you no more holidays. Surely we've we've used all our holiday allowance, I think. So that's us cooked. Um, awesome. Well, that is it for episode twenty-seven. Lee, Dan, Rob, thank you, boys. We'll be back next week. And for fish across the pond and your host Peter Pratt, that is it, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>